if you think you know that your spouse will always be faithful or that you are going to live a long and healthy life, if you think you know those things, then when they stop being true, if your life is built on things that can be taken away from you, you're going to shatter. Dr. Lee Warren is a neurosurgeon who served in Iraq at an Air Force base. But all the chaos and trauma he faced there didn't prepare him for the pain he would feel years later when his son was violently killed. We basically just were kind of thrown into this darkness where I didn't know what I believed. I didn't understand why God would allow something like that to happen. Why, God, do people have to die? A daughter or a son, sudden and so young, long before their time. From Iraqi hospitals to mourning his son's death, Dr. Lee Warren has learned a lot about God, grief, and hope. He's going to share more with us on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Josh Batson, filling in for Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Good to have you here, Josh. Maybe you have been in a situation similar to Dr. Warren's, where you just didn't understand why God allowed something bad to happen. Well, you'll hear Billy Graham talk about that a little later in the episode. The Bible talks about mysteries. We do not know all of God's purposes and God's plans. But let me tell you, it didn't happen by accident. God had a purpose. You can learn more about trusting God at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And we have a link to it in the show notes. And something else you'll find in the show notes, too, is a link to information about Franklin Graham's upcoming outreach in the United Kingdom. It's coming up against a lot of opposition, and we know Franklin would appreciate your prayers. You can read more about the outreach and the opposition it's facing and how exactly you can be praying by checking out that link in the show notes. GPS. God. People. Stories. I was born in Texarkana, Texas and grew up in southeastern Oklahoma. And basically, um, I grew up in the church. My parents were both um, really strong Christians and always took us to um, worship and, you know, basically taught us that the answers to whatever questions you might have in your life are going to be found in the Word. And that really grounded me um, and gave me an opportunity to grow up in faith. But some of that faith was fear-based. As a child, Lee Warren was more afraid of hell than he was excited about spending an eternity with a loving God. I was raised in a pretty legalistic, is a good word, uh, tradition. And basically there was a kind of a fear element to not being saved, if you will. So when I was 11 years old, I became kind of intensely afraid of going to hell, basically. And I was baptized in the church at 11 years old. Um, And so I was a Christian from 11 is the way I looked at it. But then when I was about 30, some of those things that I'd been raised with just didn't seem to answer the problems that I had in my life. But then Lee read a couple of books that helped him better understand God's grace and Jesus' love for him. So I've told people I've been a Christian since I was 11, but I was saved when I was 30. Lee studied to become a doctor after receiving a full scholarship from the U.S. Air Force to attend medical school. By the time he finished his residency and began active duty service, Dr. Warren had earned the rank of major. That was in August of 2001. And we know what happened in September of that year. 
When the planes crashed into the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and a field in Pennsylvania, everything changed, including Lee's plans. On September 11th, he was serving as a neurosurgeon at a military hospital in San Antonio, Texas, when his squadron commander said, prepare for war. And he basically told us, you know, that we were getting ready to go to war with somebody. We just didn't know who yet. And so it became uh, from a peacetime posture of being on active duty in a military hospital that took care of a lot of civilians and never in my wildest imagination thinking about going to war to being basically on a very aggressive military posture um, in a very different world. Dr. Lee Warren was deployed to Iraq the day after Christmas in 2004. Now, we should mention that he had a wife and three children by this time, and his marriage, it was falling apart. On a personal level, the timing of the deployment was terrible. And the only thing worse than the timing was the location. The Balad Air Base was the most attacked air base in Iraq, and that's where Lee was. U.S. troops nicknamed it Mortaritaville. We got mortared uh, every single day while I was deployed. We had 125-some-odd mortar and rocket attacks at that time. The Balad Air Base was the most attacked um, air base in Iraq. In fact, my first book, I wrote about that, um, No Place to Hide. But yeah, I I learned basically the lesson about control when I was in Iraq. It it might surprise you to hear that neurosurgeons are sort of control freaks. (laughs) We we like to be able to control what's going on around us. And in the operating room, you know, I have a very high standard for what happens and I'm very much in control of what goes on. But over there, you might be in the middle of brain surgery and a rocket might hit or a mortar might land and knock the power out. So we frequently lost power. The lights would go off, you know, all kinds of things that we could not control. Uh, And there was a day when I was walking across the base and a mortar attack happened and I basically was kind of exposed in the middle of nowhere and I found a wall, basically a concrete barrier to sit down against and was quite endangered for an hour or so while a lot of different projectiles landed around the base. And that sort of moment of praying and begging God to get me through that and get me home so I could see my kids again was when I first sort of acknowledged that I was not, in fact, in control of my own life. And so I think the biggest thing I came home from the war with was a sense that God has got to do this because I can't. During his deployment, which lasted from December 2004 to May 2005, Dr. Warren treated not only American troops, but also Iraqi civilians and even the enemy. As a brain surgeon, he saw everything from brutal war-inflicted injuries to terminal brain tumors, including one particularly aggressive kind of tumor. There was this brain tumor called glioblastoma multiform, GBM, it's easier to say. And it's this most malignant human cancer, and everybody that gets it dies from it. And the average person lives about 12 months and 12 to 15 months, and basically nobody lives 10 years. So I would see these people, and I would know from experience what was going to happen to them. I would see in my mind what the biopsy would look like and what the conversation would sound like with them postoperatively and when they would go through chemo and radiation and when their hair would fall out, when they would stop eating and when they were going to die. And even before I met the patient, I could look at the scan and I would say to myself, I've seen the end of you. I know what's going to happen to you. And so I had this knowledge, right, this science that says, this disease is always fatal. And at the same time, I had faith in a Bible that told me to pray without ceasing and God can heal all your diseases and the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I had this no man's land in between knowledge and faith. And I had to find a way to doctor those people if I couldn't cure them. And that is when God showed the young doctor an eternal truth. I realized 
that the worst thing that can happen to you is not your circumstance. It's not finding out you have cancer. It's not losing your son. It's not going through a divorce. The worst thing that can happen to you is losing hope or losing faith. That's the deadliest thing that can happen to people. And what I realized is the only thing that can turn you around when you've lost hope is God. It's the only thing that can lift you back out of the pit when you fall into it is, is finding hope in a living God in a future. And that resurrection of hope or faith is what saves people, even if their body's gone to die. Dr. Warren got to know a living, breathing example of that truth through one of his patients. Dr. Warren refers to him as Joey. That's not his real name, but his story is real. And Joey was this guy who was down and out. He had a, kind of a drug problem, and he was sort of a lifelong loser, and he didn't have any faith. He, he was mad about everything in his life. And when he got brain cancer, the last year of his life, he found the Lord, and he fell in love, and he fixed his family troubles, and he basically came alive. And even though he died, he said that was the best year of his life. And what I saw with that is if you can separate your circumstance from your emotional state, God can minister to you. But if you're tied to the things that happen to you need to be good or you can't be happy, you won't ever be happy because life is hard and there's all kinds of tough stuff that we're going to go through. And that's why Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But he also said, I came to this world to give you an abundant life. In many ways, Dr. Warren's wartime service strengthened and crystallized his faith. But then he came home to a different kind of battle. This one was internal, and the surgeon couldn't heal himself. Went through the war and went through a divorce and then found myself alone and kind of broken post-war. And I met the, the chaplain pastor uh, at our church in San Antonio, Dennis McDonald, and he basically brought me into his family and kind of ministered to me. And he and his wife, Patty, brought me alive. And then over the course of time in my work as a member of the worship team in our church, uh, I met Lisa, who turned out to be their daughter. And we ended up uh, getting married and and, uh, have blended our families. Lee married Lisa in 2006 in San Antonio. Then they moved to Auburn, Alabama, where they ran a medical practice together. Seven years into their marriage in 2013, a tragedy devastated their family. Lee's teenage son, Mitch, was found dead in his home with stab wounds to his throat. Mitch was 19 years old, and he was... There's there's a lot of question around what really happened. Um, There's a small town in Alabama where he was in a house with his best friend for the last five or so years. These boys had grown up together, and both of them were stabbed to death. Um, And there were multiple knives found in the house and multiple wounds uh, in Mitch. Um, And the police ended up calling it a murder-suicide, although that never made any sense to us because Mitch and his friend were good friends. There were no substances in either of them. And it just didn't make any sense that they would basically – you know, kill each other. The police didn't investigate it. They took the bodies out in an hour. They they cleaned the crime scene. They just basically made it go away because it was a small town and they didn't want to deal with it, I think. But we were pretty much given this unknowable situation where our son went from being a healthy 19-year-old to being stabbed eight times in the throat. And we couldn't, we couldn't receive an explanation for why or how it happened. So it's like the worst thing that can happen to a parent you know, losing a child, but also in the worst way, because we, we 
don't understand it and we can't ever expect to understand it. So it's sort of like God said, you're going to have to trust me enough that I can get you through this, even though you can't basically ask or receive any information about what happened to your son. Lee had seen horrific things in Iraq, but nothing could have prepared him for the violent and mysterious loss of his son. We basically just were kind of thrown into this darkness where I didn't know what I believed. I didn't understand why God would allow something like that to happen. And to me, it hurt more because I couldn't stop believing in God. Because as a neurosurgeon, I knew the truth. I know how well we're built, and I know there has to be a God behind it. It can't be an accident. And and so I didn't have this option of saying, okay, I'm just not going to believe in you anymore, God. And so I was really struggling, frankly, with my faith and my doubt. And where I landed, in order to survive, we had to believe that we would get to see Mitch again, which means we had to believe the promise that there is a resurrection. And that, you know, I knew that Mitch knew the Lord. I knew he loved the Lord. And I knew that because it is true that there is a God and that there is a resurrection, that I would get to see him again someday. But if that's true, then all the other promises in the Bible have to be true, too. And so I started counting on them. I started saying, okay, you, you tell me in Psalm 34, 18 that you're going to be close to the brokenhearted, and I need you to be close to me right now. And I would start feeling it again. And and in the darkness, I would start feeling that God has a plan, and he's got a plan to help us and not harm us. In the Bible, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Lee had to decide if he actually believed those words to be true, no matter what. And I had to understand that although it would never be a good thing to lose a child, it's never a good thing to find out you have brain cancer, God started showing us places where some of that loss could be redeemed. And I started um, writing, actually, in January or February of the year after Mitch died, um, started emailing my family and friends and just kind of trying to encourage them and help them in hard times when I was struggling with something, I would share something that helped, some book or some scripture that helped. And and that letter started turning into something that went around the, the whole world. Now it's read in every state in 30 or 40 countries every week. And two different times since I started writing that, people have contacted me and said that they were going to kill themselves, but something I wrote about kept them from doing that. And so God just showed me a little bit of grace that, hey, you know, this pain that you wrote about has now saved a couple of lives. And so that sort of redeems some of the loss. Mitch is still helping people even though he's gone. And for me, that is a fulfillment of the Romans 8.28 promise, that it's not a good thing, but good has come because we were faithful to live through it. One of the things Dr. Warren and his family learned after Mitch's death is this, that in life's most excruciating moments, sometimes you just need to take it one day or even one minute at a time. Somehow every day we would get up and find the strength to put our feet on the floor again. And and over time, the light just came back on. And I think it's, you know, when you're in the darkest place, you don't have to do anything for God to keep his promise that the sun will rise again the next morning. He's going to take care of that. All you have to do is just survive the night. And that's, and that's really what we did. We just, we just held on and moved forward one step at a time and, and believed when we couldn't see light, we believed that there would be light again someday. And then it started coming and God was faithful. Dr. Warren had come face to face with the worst kind of grief imaginable, and he found that God was faithful. 
Today, Dr. Warren is still performing surgeries after moving with his family to Casper, Wyoming, to work at Wyoming Medical Center. He's also sharing his story and a big dose of godly encouragement with anyone who's ready to listen. We have a God who put us in a broken world and is going to see us go through some hard things, but he still wants us to be able to have joy. And the way that we can have joy is to hold on to his promises and to know that he's going to be faithful to be there with us in the waiting room and in the operating room and in the funeral home and in the divorce court or wherever we find ourselves. If we're faithful, he will be too, and he will always be there. And so what I learned about God is he is the God of hope when things seem hopeless. He's the God of light when things seem dark. And he is just always there if you just reach out for him. You're never too lost to know the Dr. Lee Warren just said, God's always there if you'll just reach out for him. Well, you can do that right now by praying to him and surrendering control of your life to his son, Jesus Christ. You can learn more about that at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Some people shatter when bad things happen. Some don't. In just a minute, Dr. Warren talks about the difference between the two. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. No matter who we are or what we are, God loves us. We may be Protestant, Catholic, Islamic, God loves all of us, and God cares for us. Billy Graham, speaking to families of troops killed in the Persian Gulf War in 1991. The Bible talks about mysteries. We do not know all of God's purposes and God's plans. But let me tell you, it didn't happen by accident. God had a purpose, and we may not see the purpose. And what happens will be a mystery to some of us until God explains it to us at some future date. Romans 8, 28 that many of you can quote says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to tell us that he loved us. There is hope, and that hope is found in our God and in Jesus Christ, his son. If you'd like to know more about the love and the hope that Jesus Christ offers to you, visit us at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. We've been hearing from Dr. Lee Warren, a neurosurgeon who is also a writer, speaker, and podcaster. Dr. Warren has written a book titled, I've Seen the End of You, a neurosurgeon's look at faith, doubt, and the things we think we know. This is what Lee has to say about the meaning behind that title. It started with this idea that I knew a lot of stuff about brain cancer. I knew a lot of things, a lot of facts, right, that were medical and that were scientific and they were true. And then I started seeing patients in my career that didn't prove those things out, patients who recovered when they shouldn't, people people who were sicker than they ought to have been or people who had kind of miraculous things that I couldn't explain. And so it started with that, with this I don't always know everything, even though I'm a smart doctor, right? But then it evolved over time to mean a little more. And that is that when people are encountering hard things, 
it's it's usually not that it shatters your faith if your faith is built on eternal things. It's usually that hard things shatter your hope and your faith and break your heart if your life is built on things that can be taken away from you. So in other words, if you think you know that your spouse will always be faithful or that your 401k will always hold up or that you are going to live a long and healthy life or your kids are going to bury you someday, if you if you think you know those things and that you're emotional state is tied to those things being true, then when they stop being true, you're going to shatter. You're going to break if if your life's foundation is on things that can be taken away, which is what Jesus was getting at when he said, you know, build your life on things that don't rust and, and thieves can't get and lay up your treasures in heaven, right? So the things that we think we know are often the things that can cause us the most trouble because they don't always turn out to be true. And so what we have to get to is a place where we're building our lives on stuff that's untouched by circumstance. That I, I can be joyful, I can have hope, I can hold on to my faith in spite of the hard circumstances of my life, because those are going to happen regardless of how faithful you are. You're going to have a hard time in some aspect of your life. Even though you're going to have hard times in your life, you do not need to go through them alone. You can have the faith and hope Dr. Warren has found. Once again, a good place to start is this website, findpeacewithgod.net. Thanks to Dr. Warren for sharing his story with us, and thank you for listening to GPS. I'm Josh Batson. And I'm Phil Fleischman. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Good news.